This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hey, Spotifyers. Click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Welcome back to Swans Cast podcast, and I think we've got a little bit of lag there, which is a bit unfortunate way to start the coming across quite well. Um, welcome back, Lee. Let's see if we can hear you. Too. Hello. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, it's all working. Yeah, it seems alright. Can you hear me? Alright. Yeah, all good. Well, good start. Out, doesn't my computer's just having a little bit of a hissy fit there, but we actually finally have a little bit more of a positive podcast to make this week because. Swansea finally managed to win a game. Um, Thank God. Bristol on the weekend with a clean sheet as well. 2-0. So, very good performance. Uh, about time we had that to sort of speak about. So, happy with that. I don't know why I've got this uh, preview thing on. It's not a match preview. Let's change it for this one instead. <laughs> Graphics for you, for YouTube, that is. If you listen on Spotify, I do apologise. But, yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about the... The win against Bristol today obviously was also a good performance against Millwall that came just before that. Um, I, I think we maybe touched on it already, but like some of the good positives from that carried on into the Bristol game, and it, it finally came to, to to actually mean something as we got a result in the end. So we're going to go into a little bit of detail about that, some of the player performances involved, and obviously the big things to talk about afterwards is the next match, which is the fourth Russell Martin. South Wales Derby. Can he keep it a well? Can he can he keep a fourth consecutive clean sheet? Even I guess and four <laughs> wins in a row. It's been a been a good run for him. You think that? How long can that go on for until maybe um, it's the the shoes on the other foot? But hopefully we can maintain winning ways there and uh, do the double double the the double dupe. <laughs> I hope I hope I'm wrong, but it just feels like it's due, doesn't it? Like surely we yeah. can't have this much fun. I've uh, I I've got I've got my ticket as well for yeah hard if away. Yeah, I'm just thinking, ah, oh, it just can't be this good. 
forever. Do we get one uh, easy then, or is it like I've been yeah. to away games this year? Have you? Yeah, I've been to quite a couple. I managed to get it in the like in the second window, so it was like I think it was like ninety points for the first window, which was quite high, I think. Um, I think you would have had to have done quite a fair few for that, and then I think the second window was like seventy odd. Um, I had about eighty, so I was um, yeah, I was, I was comfortable for the second window. I think the third window was today that we're filming on Wednesday. Um, I think we sold out yet. Actually, I was expecting it to sell out today. I haven't heard anything. Perhaps it's because of the windows. Like, there's not that many people falling into each one or something. Yeah, maybe. But I was expecting maybe this third window would be where it would sell out. But uh, yeah, yeah we'll I haven't see. seen anything today. Um, but yeah, I can't go. Unfortunately, Saturday three o'clock. Uh, I could have yeah. work, but it's difficult, isn't it? Because you book it off work when the fixtures come out, and then they change it. But they haven't changed it, which. I, th- I thought they would have. They didn't last year, and we were all a bit surprised by that. I thought they wouldn't have done it twice in a row, but looks like that's going to be the case. So Saturday, three o'clock. So it's a bit frustrating. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't even want to do it now. But it's just like I don't understand why it's not been moved again, and it's three o'clock on a Saturday. I don't yeah. get it. Well, we get into it later because we'll talk yeah. about the uh, the other stuff first. But before we don't get worry. started. Um, I think we said in the last video, but we have reached 500 subscribers. So we are going to do a giveaway, uh, which I haven't announced on Twitter yet, but it's going to be like the start of next season. So, but we are still going to do it. So if you have been listening for a while, you might have heard us mention it before. But thank you very much for the continued support. We have hit that target. So we will follow through and do something. I just thought it would be a little bit more, uh, make more sense to give a kit away the start of the season rather than near the end. Now where people probably already got one of the kits currently so that's what we're going to be doing but as always don't forget if you aren't already subscribed because it is about 60 percent of people that are watching week in week out that aren't please click that big red subscribe button it does really help us our next target is a thousand and then hopefully we can really push the channel on when we get get to that mark then so as always appreciate your support if you're listening on spotify you can also follow us there um and yeah thank you for joining us we're gonna get started with some of the football then let us know in the comments what you think about the current situation, obviously, and everything we do discuss. So let's get started with the 2-0 win over Bristol City. Obviously, we've played them quite a few times this season. It's the fourth game that we've played them. The two cup games being the more recent ones, where we really probably didn't perform very well. The first half of the first game in the cup, uh, two legs, we were we were quite good. I think we were all right. We didn't create a lot of chances, but we were in control and got a 1-0 lead. And then it kind of fell away. And in the second game, we just were nowhere. So to come, what, a month later and play them again in the league and uh, a very comfortable, very solid 2-0 win where we limited their chances. We got our first clean sheet since 30th of December, which was against Watford when we won 4-0. I think very solid, strong performance, Yeah, um, which hasn't been the theme for the Swans in the last two months, I would say. Barring an improved performance against Millwall, even though that still didn't garner any points. Yeah, I think it was a it was a really weird one because it's kind of a result you don't that I well for me anyway I didn't see it coming at all and it sort of it ticked so many boxes because you know we said about uh, you know the, we criticised the defence so much and then they had a clean sheet. Fisher come under so much criticism 
probably rightly so after his mistake against Millwall as well. It was a clean sheet for him and he looked quite solid. He took a lot of, you know, everything he was asked of him. He was quite solid, you know. Um, we looked good going forward and Cham was good. So all the criticisms that we could have thrown at them for the last, like, I don't know, at least the last sort of 10, 15 games, it just all went out the window. It was really, it was really just surprising because everything just seemed to flip on his head. Um, I don't know what caused that, but there was sort of, like you said, there was rumblings of it against Millwall. It was better, but there were still problems there defensively. Fisher made a mistake. And it was kind of like, oh, we finally, something finally clicked. Because even in all the other games where we, you know, we'd lost all these games in a row, you know, we've, we've gone through the figures before. But the, the worrying thing was there was there wasn't actually a good performance in there either. We couldn't say like, oh, you know, we played really well, but we lost. And it's not like, you know, well, I can see that we're going to get better. I just can't remember a good performance for ages. And then this game then, this Bristol game, it was everything. They were solid for 90 minutes. They played well. They were good. Everything was good about them. So so many players put their hand up um, for man of the match. Just, again, it was a complete flip from what we've seen in the last, like, three months really so hopefully it's the, the turning point of the season okay yeah you said a lot of players played well we'll go into some of their uh performances a little bit um shortly but overall performance then i just want to try and sort of highlight anything that has russell martin been changing anything trying anything new um adapting any of his tactics to try and get back to winning ways it's been a long time since we've perhaps played well we you know, the, the start of the season, we weren't looking that bad. We didn't get a load of results we should have got early on in the season. If you remember, there was quite a few late goals conceded from winning positions or drawing positions, um, like the 2 0 win we should have had against Millwall. Was it? I think it was Millwall at home. Yeah. And they scored right at the end twice. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of that going on. And we were all worried about like our composure and our uh, match sort of. What's the word? controlling the match i'm trying to say there's a word for it yeah man match management match management, in-game yeah. management yeah. game management um mine went blank for a second yeah question marks over russell martin's in-game management the players are able to do that on the pitch and not panic and stay composed um and it just kept happening for a while so and even in the cup it happened against oxford didn't it in the cup in the league cup yeah as well yeah so quite a lot of that going on early doors um but we were ultimately playing okay, other than these lapses and mistakes. We've had mistakes recently, but we haven't had the good, oh, well, we are still playing well. I'm still, like, satisfied that what Russell Martin's doing is going to work. You know, there's a system there that is looking positive. The last couple of months, a lot of those good things, I feel like they haven't been there as much, and it's just been worse overall, with the mistakes still there as well, and maybe even more highlighted than it was at the start of the season. So, back then the turning point was the home match against QPR where we didn't actually have more possession than them he brought a new keeper into the fold who was happy to kick long when Bender first came into the team and Ollie Cooper kind of came and made his um, sort of emergence into the first team yeah. and then it kind of improved for a bit up to the Cardiff game and then we've been on a bit of a rubbish run ever since but if progressively I guess you could say it's got worse because even the first eight matches or so after the Cardiff game, even though we weren't picking up the wins, we weren't losing very much, and it just seemed like a little bit of a drought. Then it got really bad, and I'm just wondering, I know that was a little bit of a long-winded way to say it, but has he done much this time different to address it? 
um, changed. I got. It's gonna. It's gonna sound really harsh, but I don't actually think he has changed a lot. I think he's playing a back four a lot more now. I think he sort of settled into a back four as he was chopping and changing with, you know, wing backs and you know going to a back three. But so it seems like he plays a back four. But I think apart before the Millwall game, big criticism was he didn't change anything. So we're losing all these games, but week in, week out, you knew the team that was going to start, um, barring maybe one or two. Um, you know, he started to play Whitaker instead of Cullen when Cullen was playing well. And you think that, oh, you know, I don't, didn't really agree with that because Cullen has sort of come into his own. And I think the best thing that probably happened was that latter Baudier and Fulton got uh, suspended. Because then we was were so thin on the ground that he had to play Walsh in midfield, and he had to play Darlin at right back, even though it was a bit strange because he still had Soranola and Norton. But because Latibodia wasn't there, he finally had to play someone else at right back. Because unless he was suspended, or I don't know if he's injured, but um, I can't see he wouldn't have changed him. I can't. He just he would have well, always been in the squad. He. This was against Millwall now, yeah. Yeah, Millwall. Yeah, so I think they did get suspended for that. But was it two game suspension then? I think it was a two game suspension because they both got ten, didn't they? I think if oh, you yeah, get yeah, one yeah. for five and then two for ten. But, I don't remember um, who's in the first one. Yeah, I think Millwall was the first one and Bristol was no, the like second the, one. The five card one. Ah, right. Oh, I'm not sure. Cut off for that, is there maybe? Whereas uh, five cards before a certain date, I think. Yeah, I think so. And then because they, they probably missed that cut off, but then got ten. Now they got a two game ban. So. Um, Anyways, so I, but I think like that, um, you know, and I'm not, I, I don't mean it like criticizing Fulton because I think he's been brilliant in games. I just meant that like he had to change something. He had to play different people. Cooper was injured as well. Um, obviously not saying Cooper was a bad player, but I just mean he had, something had to change because we're losing all these games. We had to try something different. But I think those suspensions and Cooper picking up a knock forced his hand. So and Joe Allen got injured as well, uh, so I think it forced his hand to give Walsh a chance and maybe start in Cham a bit more, uh, and maybe with Patterson coming back as well, it was kind of a maybe a kick up, you know, kick up the ass for some midfield players in Cham, not naming anyone. Um, maybe I'm just speculating, but I think like Walsh has come in, and I think in the Millwall game and the Bristol City game, I think he was brilliant. He bring he brought so much energy into that midfield, um, maybe because he's been sidelined for so long or something to prove, but he came in and he was brilliant in both games, I thought, um, especially the Bristol game. I thought, he was, I thought he was unlucky not to get him out of the match, to be honest. Um, I think maybe because he had to come off early because he hasn't played a lot of games, but I thought he was brilliant. And I will give credit to Darling, the right back, because I think I think he's doing really well. I think, um, you know, maybe it's, not a, maybe it's not an option all the time because maybe he'll get found out defensively on the wing, but... I think he's been brilliant. I think his like ball control and his passing is is you know is he's sort of less exposed out there rather than when he's in the middle. And I think there's been some lovely play where he's got us out of trouble because I think he is quite confident on the ball. And I think he's played really well. But I think that's come about from those two suspensions. Um and I think it's worked. I think you brought in players that you know, like Walsh had something to prove. Darling probably had something to prove because he's like being dropped now out of the middle, isn't he? He hasn't played for a while. So maybe, you know, coming in a right back, he thinks, right, I got something to prove. And I think um, that's been brilliant. And then Cham, um, I don't know what's happened to him. Maybe it is Patterson coming back, but he was brilliant in both games as well. 
Yeah, no, it, it looks like some of the changes have really paid dividends. So let's start with um, let's start with Walsh because you mentioned him quite a bit. So Walsh, obviously yeah. playing here against his former team, Bristol City, we signed him on free from. Have hardly really seen him since we signed him. He was there, there or thereabouts a little bit when he came last season at the start. Got injured, obviously, then went on loan to Hull. I think he only played three times when he was on loan to Hull as well. By all accounts, they were ready to let him go in last January. That's why he ended up going on loan. Um, but he had a really good preseason, and Russell Martin spoke in the summer about how he was impressed with what he was seeing, and that it would be like a new signing and see what he could do this year. And then picked up a bad injury again, and you know he's he's been out for half a season. So the fact that we didn't sign anyone in January, and then we had Walsh to come back in, maybe saved the fact that it did seem a little bit like an, a new player coming into the mix. Um, and it has been an introductory phase the last couple of weeks where he's been on the bench quite a few times, not come on, then on the on the bench coming on late in games. Um, out of one or two appearances where he did come on a bit longer, and I think against Blackpool he might come on for a bit. And I saw I was at that game and I saw that he definitely had something to offer different to what we've got out there. Like he's a quite a tidy player on the ball, but you could tell he's got a bit of a creative spark there. So if he's playing yeah. in a deeper midfield position. He's offering something different to like Alan or Fulton if that's who he's perhaps fighting for a position with. Um, or if you're going to play three midfielders, which you have done sometimes, you know, you'd assume Mac Rhymes is going to stay there. Um, if Mac Rhymes is there covering behind, perhaps Walsh is someone that can be a little bit more creative in front of him. So that could be something that we need to bring better out of people like Joel Perot um, or Liam Cullen if he's starting up front. So that's something. I, I guess a bit exciting to see. And to see he's come in against Millwall. He kept his place then against Bristol, which might have been down to the fact that, again, Felton is still suspended. Allen is still injured. But Cooper was on the bench, and obviously the lineup didn't change from the Millwall game. Um, and he's had a really good game. And Russell Martin spoke about him afterwards, saying how um, happy he was to see him playing so well and credited the hard work he's put in to come back. and. You know, he's still perhaps not 90 minute ready, but we don't want him to get injured again. So managing that is obviously a positive. But the, the, even if he plays ahead of the midfielders in the positions where Kundal, Cooper, and Chan might play, it's good to have that other option, I guess. Where, uh, yeah, you know, we need to score some more goals. We we kind of fizzled out a little bit recently, and a little bit of a creative spark, like that ball he played for um, the first goal to win Cham. So Liam Cullen's goal in the Bristol game. I know, yeah. and Cham obviously controlled him with his back. We, we can argue if that was um, intended or not, maybe. But the ball up to him, you know, it's usually you'd see the likes of Grimes doing that sometimes, but yeah. I don't really know who else does that. So it's nice to see someone else from Deep who can play that sort of quality pass. Yeah, I think, yeah. I was really impressed with him. I think he was really good coming in. But uh, yeah, I think like where we thought our squad was thin. Um, it is now with suspensions and injuries, but you think that we've got Walsh as a viable option now, who was injured before the January transfer window, and obviously Patterson, who was we weren't sure what was going on there before the January. So like those two coming back into the mix in that midfield where you've already got Cham, Cooper, Cundall, Fulton, Grimes, Allen. All of a sudden, you've got so many options in midfield. Yeah, well, it's midfield slash. 
slash in the two in front. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. we don't really use any wingers, so you you kind of get in. If you look at the starting lineup for the Bristol game, you add in Cham, Walsh, Kundal, and Grimes. So say there's four options. Um, he's playing two strikers now consistently, it seems. So uh, well, who's left? Is Alan Felton and Cooper, I guess. So that's that's not started. And you could say Congreve, but he's still kind of learning, um, coming on yep. where he can. Patterson, I guess. So eight of them. Yeah. Fighting for four or five positions, depending if we're on one or two strikers. So yeah, decent competition. They got a decent mix. Um, but yeah, so Liam Walsh, good positive input there. Let's look at and Cham then. So I said about Liam Walsh's ball up to Cham. He got the assist for Liam Cullen's goal. Did, did he mean to control that ball on his back the way he did? Or was that? I, no, flick? I don't think so. No, I think he's head down, running forward, isn't he? And it just hits him in the back. Does he think it's going to land in front of him? Perhaps and he's going to run on. Maybe. To Maybe. I mean, he plays it off as if it was intended. Let's, he, let's so. say, let's say he meant it. And it was a bit of magic. Yeah. Well, the ball that he played though, like a reverse inside pass to Cullen, who was running in. Yeah, yeah, his, that was um, a good ball. Forward runs that he likes to do, but Cullen's finish even was. Yeah. Left foot yeah. first time, get a kind of like low to the bottom right corner under the keeper. I'm not sure whether the the keeper should have done a bit better and got down to it, but. It's one of them where as the keeper's diving down, it kind of goes under the arch of the, the natural body arch when yeah. like your feet are on the floor, your arms drop into the floor, and it kind of went under the, the body arch. So I'm not taking any credit away from Cullen because it was a fantastic finish. Um if he was on the if that was Andy Fisher, are we gonna be saying he should have saved it? Is what I'm kind of saying. Well, probably with the criticism he's already had, but uh, yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll take it. Yeah, it was a good finish though. Strikers um, finish to get it on target from the angle he was running in as well, and he, he didn't get the most amount of power on there, but it was enough obviously to beat the keeper. I think the issue with Cullen though is like he's he is that number nine that we haven't had for ages. Like he just scores those types of goals where he's getting in behind defenders and scoring. Like you know, you're not going to see him beat two men on the outside of the box and put one top corner, but he is going to get on the end of a ball and score from like sort of four or five yards out. And that's the type of player we haven't had for ages. So I think the issue is getting in that service. Yeah. If you've got someone like in Cham playing when he plays well, that can deliver those little balls. And Perot used to do it for Obafemi. Like if you can get Perot and in Cham or Kundal and Cooper, whoever's playing behind him to get those balls in, I think he is that type of finisher. And I think he could be, I think he could be brilliant and he needs like a good run of games. And he needs the service. I think if he gets those chances, I think he puts them away. I think he's a bit like, I don't know if I, I, this is the right comparison, but that sort of finish, like, would you say the last striker that we had that does that? Like, I feel like McBurney used to do it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you never, you he's that type of player. You never see him get like, um, you know, you didn't see him like sort of running and taking on five players and then putting one in the bottom corner. He's just in the right position again on the end of things, like getting ahead, getting ahead of, uh, just getting a foot on a cross, you know, he's that type of striker, yeah. So, I think, yeah, you could probably compare him, uh, compare him to him, really. Yeah, it's good, yeah, different in a lot of other ways, but maybe that's yeah, what is, uh, oh, that's, what, that's what we need because if if you can just feed him, but that's been our problem, we haven't been creating chances, have we? But yeah. I think, if, and then if we haven't been creating chances, it looks like Cullen is quiet and he doesn't do anything, but then I think you see that he has one chance and he scores. But in terms of chances, we had 18 shots of five on target in this game. Now, if you look at the lineup as well, though, like we've got 
like I said, Cullen and Perot were up top, and then behind them, more creative attackers in and Cham, Walsh, and Cundall. So maybe it's yeah. no surprise to see that we had more chances. I think the as well. Is, they also limited Bristol's chances. They only had yeah. six shots with three on target. We kept 58% possession, but it doesn't always mean that we limit chances when we have more possession. No, I think you're right. I think, that, like I said, it ticked all the boxes, like the performance, because defensively we looked okay. I think they probably had like a couple of moments where as teams do in games, but apart from that, we looked pretty comfortable. It didn't look like... You know, we were going to concede three like we usually do. Um, and I think going back to what we said earlier about like changes that he made, I think with Fulton and Allen out, he's playing Grimes on his own in the middle in front of the back four. And I think maybe in Cham and Walsh are like a two with maybe Cundle. I think those three sort of rotate. Then like one of them is deeper, probably Walsh, and they just sort of rotate and Grimes is the solid player yeah. in, in behind in front of the back four. Um whereas before I think like you had like Grimes and Allen next to each other in front of the back four and maybe that takes away an attacking player. Uh, maybe with that sort of combination that we looked a bit better going forward as well. Yeah it was Grimes, Allen and Feltham and we were playing them in the cup and Yeah. And we controlled the midfield. We controlled the game and kept them out of it. I remember saying this at the time. Yeah. But we didn't create a lot of opportunities. We did manage yeah. to get one nil because they gave us a goal, didn't they, up there, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but we were in control of the game until the midfield started to tire. We had to sub Allen, and then we had no one to come and reinsert that control because Bristol then started coming into the game. And we tried to bring these the likes of Encham and Candle on, but they just couldn't get into it then. So I said at the time that I don't think starting like the Allen, Felton and Grimes combination is a it might look solid for the most of the game, but in terms of winning games, it just wasn't working. Um, yeah. You need to like start maybe two of them or one of them with more attacking players. So when it's a little bit more like tentative at the start of matches, they can get some opportunities, make some chances, maybe get some goals, rather than like 60-odd minutes where, especially if you're the team that's behind or if you're nil-nil, you make the changes then to go at the other team. And then we're essentially making our midfield weaker by taking yeah. one of them off, or they're all tired, and we weren't able to deal with that. Then the transition of yeah. of that, I guess, um, yeah. but it's worked a little bit better here. I know the hand was forced a little bit, but it shows that these other options. Because Liam Walsh, I know he's a little bit more attacking as well, but he can offer that centre midfield option. He is yeah. he is a centre midfielder, so he still yeah. does the other stuff. Um, I think Candle perhaps slotted in a little bit deeper on times as well. He was rotated a bit, but um, yeah. So obviously we mentioned Cham and Cullen then a bit more on Cham. But before we do that, it's worth mentioning because we did praise Liam Cullen a bit there. He has now been called up to the Wales squad. Finally, I thought it was after one of the um, goalkeepers pulled out. Was it Hennessy that pulled out? Yeah, it wasn't any of the strikers that pulled out. It was weird, and they called him up. Yeah, they called him and someone else up. Um, Mark which Harris, yeah, him. He deserves a. He deserves a shot at a Welsh cap. I'm not sure if he'll get on the pitch or not, but it's good that he's getting it up there now and around the squad. Obviously, Ollie Cooper as well. Yeah. He called up, I believe. Um, yeah. New squad now, isn't it? It's completely like sort of new generation squad with all the. But we said this in the Euros, didn't we? Like, sorry, not the Euros, the World, World Cup. Cup. Um, 
he's going to call these guys up after, and it's like kind of a loyalty trip in terms of the selection for the World Cup, and it backfired yeah. massively. And now he's calling up, "Well, yeah, now we're going to give these new guys a go." Whereas them fresh new guys might have got us further in the competition if you'd just done that in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I know. I agree. You know, another comment: the, the haters will say like, "Oh, it's because Gareth Bale's retired, so they have to." Well, it's... well, yeah, but like, it's not so much. It's not, it's not so much Bale, is it? Because like. He was obviously going to go like he got us the World Cup essentially, but yeah. it was like it was more like the squad players like Johnny Williams. And no, I'm sort not, of not saying the no, no, I, yeah, I know you mean. Bale, but like the yeah, fact yeah. that he's retired opens up a slot. But yeah, yeah Johnny Williams, why is he getting called up ahead of these guys anyway? That was yeah. my big argument at the time. There's somebody come at me in the comments about that, which I still don't understand to this day. But... Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a it was just a bit of a like you said, a loyalty trip, but uh, shame though, because you know, you you, you kind of need to have like these players coming in all the time and you can't just be like, right, we're sticking with all these older players now until they retire because then you've got to completely restart, haven't you? And all these players now like Cooper and Cullen and all the other youngsters they're bringing in have not played with the more experienced players because they've all gone and now they've come in so you're just completely starting from scratch. You need to sort of drip these players in as you go along, don't you? Yeah. Well, but let's see if it works hopefully out. It works out. Yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> just glad to see him again called up. Um, yeah. yeah, and Cham obviously actually scored a goal as well. Decent, decent goal. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, outside yeah. the box again was it? I believe. Yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a grass cutter. It looked like. I don't know. It came through a lot of bodies. Yeah, and then it sort of... I was surprised to see it going through when I was. Watching. Yeah, same. Yeah. I think it's just sort of blindsided the keeper. Yeah, yeah. I think the keeper was a bit unsighted, and he sort of used the like the defenders to to sort of shield where he was going. I think it was a it was a good finish. Um, yeah, cool celebration as well. Like no, just no celebration at all. Six goals this season. He's gone back into joint second top goal scorer. Actually, Cullen moved ahead of him with his goal, and then. Uh, they now tracked again after Cham scored. Um, obviously, you said man of the match. Has he got more to offer? Or can we finally get the best out of Cham going like consistently? Do you think? I I hope so. Because that's his only problem is consistency in it. Like I mean, when he plays like that, he's unplayable. He was good against Millwall as well. He was really good against Millwall. Like I think he missed the golden opportunity as well. But he was seemed like he was everywhere. Um, you can see when he's on it though he's got that like he's got that attitude he's got that swagger he wants the ball he wants to take people on and then you see the other games then where he's just like not interested it seems like where he just you know he doesn't want to put his foot in and he's not really showing himself and so I just I still I don't, I don't we don't know what in charm you'll get next game now no, he's like, he was good against Millwall and brilliant against Bristol City and then the next game he could be poor again if he plays like that if he played like that week in week out he'd be the first name on the team sheet and he'd have he'd have 12 goals a season because when he when he does perform um he's brilliant and he always seems to score um but then he just doesn't do it enough i think if he did it all season you would get like you know you get 12 you know 12 13 goals out of him yeah. and loads of assists but if you can get the best if you can get the best out of him he'd be uh you'd see us further up the table because i think he's that good when he's on it yeah, um, he's had, I think it was two assists as well this season. Three assists, sorry, because third, obviously, in this game. But, like, considering his match contribution in terms of, like, 
he doesn't start that often. He's he's had a couple in a row now. He obviously gets brought on off the bench quite often. Say 50% of the match time he's been there compared to other players. Six goals and three assists. You know, if he could if he was starting every game and I'll put in that, that's that's a really good return from a midfielder. Yeah, it's mad. I mean, I went through I think like most people, I went through the phase where I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with him because we didn't have a good performance for ages. Um, yeah. And then he just sort of like, he does that and doesn't he? he sort of brings you back in with like two good performances and you're like, oh, here he is, he's coming. So hopefully he gets, uh, he gets, he gets, but that's, that's bad stats to think about though. If he's got six goals and three assists and he's only like not playing, he's definitely not playing to his full potential. And so I've got scary to think I got start that backs that up. So like his scoring frequency in minutes, yeah. So basically how say you play a thousand minutes and you score in five goals, that's gonna be every two hundred minutes you're scoring a goal. Yeah, that's how it works. So um he's actually third in the standings for this, with apparently a goal every two hundred and fifty three minutes. So you're essentially getting a goal every two and a half or just over games, just just under every three games. Which again, for an attacking midfielder, is a really good return. Yeah. And you think, oh, he doesn't score every three games. It's like, yeah, well, no, that's what we're saying, isn't it? Like, he features off the bench a lot and he doesn't start a lot of games. So, if that's his output and he did manage to put that performance in on a week in, week out basis, having a mid centre attacking midfielder scoring every three games is not not bad. And to put it into perspective, Joe Perot is in second place, and you think how many opportunities he's missed, which I've gone in the stat to back that up in a second. Um, Joe Perot, 237 minutes. He's, every every 237 minutes, he scores a goal, which is better than I thought it would be, considering. Um, so what's that? Again, well, he's going to go over, like one goal in every 2.5 games, basically, Joe Perot is, which I think he would have had better stats on that last year. Yeah. Um, Liam Cullen is 120 <laughs> minutes in first place. He's scoring a goal every game, less than every game and a half. Um, yeah, and he hasn't started like a lot recently either. So that's a good good uh, bit of information there. You've got Morgan Whitaker's in fourth, but I feel like that's a bit skewed because he's had, what, one goal in the entire time to come back from alone? Yeah. So that's one goal every 347 minutes, but that's just because he scored one goal. And that's and the total 347 minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's not really... You can't read yeah. into that. But Ollie Cooper's then in fifth with 411. So decent, um, some decent numbers there. Um, and then the other one I was going to talk about was the big chances missed, right? <laughs> this season. So big chance... It's obviously debatable, done by opinion, yeah, where you've got the XG and the other stuff they look at, I guess. But um, somebody's obviously decided that this should be a goal, this opportunity, for whatever reason. I can't give you the detail of how they work it out, I guess. Again, down to interpretation. But Joe Perot apparently has missed 15 big chances this season. Yeah. He's unlucky with a few as well. Like he hit that header yeah. on the post and he against Bristol City. Well, he hit the post for two Cullen's goals as well, didn't he? It's it's weird because he seems to do that all the time. That ball coming across the box that he glances the header always hits the post. It's just uh, like it's the same. He knows where he's going. He's going for the corner. And he's just missing it. 
it's literally the same in the way every time, isn't it? The ball coming in from that angle, him glancing it on, and it's hitting the post. Mm. Obviously, like you said, Candle scored two. Not Candle, Candle, Cullen scored two. Yeah. Happens from it, but uh, yeah. And then you've got Harry Darlins in second place, joint with Ollie Cooper with three. So that's the difference. 15 yeah. big chances missed. Um, and then while we're here, big chances created, Ryan Mann in with nine. Oh, I was going to say Ryan Manning. I think there were calls when they like because he's going next year. Like maybe don't play him, but I think he's been he's still been brilliant, even though he knows he's going to end the season. In all fairness to him, he's still been class. So I can't yeah. fault him. It's just a shame that he is going because uh, yeah, I guess we won't know the reasons whether it's uh, you know kind of a mutual thing where he kind of wants to be somewhere else or wants to cash in or perhaps he's too old according to the owners. Oh yeah, yeah. Apparently, Cyrus Christie was too old, wasn't he? Yeah, it's a bit of a dodgy one. That is, oh. they've done the rounds on Twitter this week. Absolutely mental. Uh, but said, no, but he did say one of the owners really wanted to sign him, and the other one said he was too old and it was no value. They just and he was twenty nine like, at the time. Yeah, that's but like that's, a that's thing, exactly yeah. the same reason why they're not playing Norton. Hundred. Now I've heard that. And why oh yeah, got Norton's yeah. now on a new deal. We're not going yep. to offer him a new deal. He's gone in the summer. Stop yep. using him. Use the yep. younger guys because they're sellable. Yeah. 100% yeah. that's the reason. Yeah, totally agree. It's like, who else? Like like Bennett, I guess. Like, we're not going to sell him for anything. We just need him gone. Just stop putting him in shop window. Just don't worry about it. Just, get, just, just don't use him. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense now, doesn't it? You can see the attitude. I think it's all like, um, I think it just seems like that money ball thing isn't it where it's just all on stats it's just like yeah you know 29 year old player or whatever it is that's not value so we won't uh because we won't invest he's, in he's that. probably asking for high wages that weren't unaffordable but they didn't deem the wages that yeah. christie was asking yeah worth a 29 like val- year old value player. for money sort because, of thing yeah, yeah that's obviously what it is yeah. like um i was manning now because obviously wages is the thing with him and I'm wondering if it's like, if he was 21, would they have perhaps given him what he's asking for? Probably. And I know he's not even the oldest. Like, he's 26. Well, like we like you said about the window, like they were willing to make, well, we can assume they were willing to make Carl and Grant like the highest paid player in the squad, but not renew Manning's contract. Mm, but then it's like, are they also rash in a way of they're like, they knew they fucked up, so it was like, yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely element they that. screwed up, and it was like, um, oh, let's let's recover it by doing this. Whereas yeah, the oh, principles yeah. are usually that, and the principles is what got them into the situation where they probably were in a situation they had to then look at Carl and Grant. Yeah, there's probably always definitely an element to that. Definitely, maybe like Martin wasn't kicking off so much about Christie because he was under the impression that they would go and get someone else. Mm-hmm. But then. I know we've kind of sidetracked a bit here, but obviously it's a good conversation to have. And then I also question how you can make that decision on Cyrus Christie because he's not a sellable asset, so I don't want to spend the money on him. But you're happy to like loan anyone because this is, they're not a sellable asset either. So Soranola was the one that came in, yeah? Yes, he's, he fits the age demographic, but he's not your player that you're developing to then sell on. Yeah, I know. I just doesn't like look. I understand the reason for loaning a youngster, 
but it just doesn't fit the same reasons why you wouldn't have signed Christie. They they don't line up like they don't. No, but I it's don't know I think what the just... overall structure or theme is here, and who's making these decisions well, and the criteria the... they're following. I don't yeah. get it. It's the commitment value, isn't it? Like a lone player, obviously, is uh, you know you can cut that thread, as we've seen more often now. Like lone players seem to return back more than I've ever seen. Like you usually have someone on loan and they'd be there all season, but now it just seems like you get to January and so many loan players get called back and loaned to other teams. Um, so I think that financially they're probably looking at it well you know we don't want to we don't want to commit to like three years of spending at this level for a 29 year old or whoever it is but you know for one season at least we can just do a patch job um spend like you know three quarters of that money for this season and then you know if it doesn't work out or we get a good we get we see another deal where we can bring someone else in, and then we can terminate that loan um so i guess that's probably the way they're looking at it. Um, not a good way to run a club for a future, but uh, I think that's probably what they're looking at it with the uh, with the finances. But speaking of that as well, they've um, they sort of converted the loan notes, didn't they? This week, the owners did. I just a bit of speculation, just because we're we're talking about it as well. The the two games that we've played well, the Millwall game and the Bristol City game, coincided with. Um, was it Silverstein? I think it was Kaplan Silverstein. Kaplan was down, wasn't he? Kaplan, Kaplan. was in. Kaplan he was went down. to Millwall and obviously yeah. still down here. What, so, like, he's obviously had meetings with Russell Martin, though. Yeah. When they started playing better. Is how this, is what, this is what I was getting at. So I think, like, when he when they said he was there at that game, right, I genuinely thought that if they didn't beat Millwall, they were going to sack him. And I thought that's why he was there. And, like, I probably you wouldn't see, have you been. You said it in our group, didn't you? And I said, no, nah, I don't think so. I think it's like, I think he would travel to Millwall to do that. No, no, I no, I know. I just thinking that was just me speculating, but I think it's just it's weird because this might have nothing to do with it as well either. But you know, like I think he's come there. I think he's obviously been here with the view of what they've done now. They've converted the loan notes, so that's probably why he's been there. But has that meant now that obviously he's had meetings with Russell Martin and he said, "Look, right, we're doing this. We're converting these loan notes. Um, we're ready for the summer," or I've seen a lot of people talking about maybe they're setting up for a potential sale. Uh, so has he come in and said, like, look, in the summer, or we're going to sell before the summer, and these new people are coming in, and you're going to have this, some, this, and this, whatever, and that's sort of given everybody a lift, or the other way where they've said, right, we've we've converted these loan notes now, we're in a better financial position, and we're on for the summer, like we're really on for the summer. We need you to like you know push on for the rest of the season, but we're like. The plan to starting for the summer, we're going to get you're going to going to get money, you know, and it's and it's looking up. So I don't know if the performances were affected by that. Um, mm. I don't know, but maybe not. But, How much is the players going to think about that? Like it, it could well it could be in line. It's obviously coincidence. Well, no, I we we talked we talked about as well. Like he had to make changes and stuff, and that's helped them perform better as well. But I don't know. I think it just might have. Well, with the January transfer window off, it definitely affected the players on the pitch. With like Russell Martin, yeah. it definitely affected the way we were performing. So maybe <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's what we'll never know, will we? Really? Yeah. If we're talking about what's affected the players on the pitch and all the rest of it, well, Patterson come back in the last couple of games. Um, probably the best I've seen him perform in a while. Do you think maybe part of 
obviously you've said about the transfer stuff in January affecting the players. Some of the players throwing their toys at the pram probably brought the morale down. Have they finally accepted Patterson back in? Is that all a little bit better now? Like they sort out the differences. He's looking a little bit happier on a pitch as well. I don't know what the reception was like when he came on this time. Uh, I couldn't tell because I think like because used to be for Bristol City there were boos and there, so I so I think they, some of them came from the away end. Um, so I'm not sure, but. Uh, I think he had two good chances that he did quite well out, didn't score. Yeah, I think it was a bit, uh, it was definitely better. I saw there was a couple of sort of, he looked like he was trying to make those like mazy runs that he used to do. And um, I think he gave the ball away a couple of times as well, but I think like he wasn't on long, but it seemed like it was better than what we'd seen. And uh, I think you're right as well. I noticed like when he was uh, warming up and when he was coming on, um, he seemed to be laughing and chatting with staff and players. And he seemed like he was, you know. Yeah. Afraid, we, don't, so. we don't know the full story about it, that in January. Like last year, we heard all about it, what was going on. Yeah. He wanted to go because he wasn't happy about his contract and all the rest of it. We didn't you nothing really this time other than Martin say that he won training well. well. Trundle said something in commentary. I can't remember what game it was. Um, it might have been the first, the first home game where he came back into the team and I think he came off the bench and I think he didn't have a good reception. And I'm sure that, like, Trundle said something in commentary, like, oh, you know, I can understand the fans being, like, frustrated. But he said something like, oh, I know, like, from the player that he wasn't, like, he didn't want to leave and something like that. So I think he was kind of alluding to, like, like, oh, don't give him a hard time. Maybe it was something else. I don't know. You don't know what's happened. Um, yeah, well, I mean, maybe... I don't know if that's true, but that's just what it seemed like. To fund, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, we could have been. Yeah, could have been. Could have been that they were trying to get rid of him, and he was like, "Well, screw you, I'm not. I'm not going to play then if you're trying to get rid of me." Um, or it could have been, but like, obviously, we're all looking at it from what he did last season, and we're assuming it's the same again. But I don't know. He was going to go to Coventry for free, wasn't he? So I'm wondering if like that interest came about. Um, and the owners were like, "Oh, yeah, let's get rid, get rid of them wages. He's old, whatever." Yeah, like they seem to like to do. And he didn't like the fact that he was kind of being forced out. Um, and that's why he started with his toys. I, I don't know. I'm, we're just speculating. It could be something like that for all we know, because we don't really yeah. know. But uh, yeah, so interesting. But see if he can have an impact going through the rest of the season. Now, um, hopefully, he can. You know, well. If he's there, um, if he's going to play and he's going to be there taking a position, then hopefully we see the best of him. Hopefully, like as well, going back to like um, Kaplan being here, we did a podcast to me and he said, like, it's time, like, they've either got to like back him now and say, like, right, we're going forward or sack him. Uh, And maybe they've just come and backed him. And that's just had a massive lift on the squad. And he's come in and said, look, I'm here now. I'm here all season. I'm here for next season. Let's push on. You don't know because they like uncertainty. Because in all that, we said even in all that run where we like won like three games in twenty odd, whatever it was, you're thinking like bloody hell, something's got to happen here. This is we're really in a bit of a downfall here. Like we could just nosedive and get relegated. Like the owners haven't said anything, so it was uncertainty. You think like I said, like I wouldn't have been surprised if he got sacked after the Millwall game. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if he got sacked after another game. But now, like maybe they've come and said they've backed him um he might have even said himself like i don't know i haven't heard from the owners like i know we're not performing well but i haven't heard anything um yeah so i think maybe just having a bit of a certainty where they've come in and said right we're on for the summer 
you're in for next season. Let's, let's, you know, we'll be starting again. That's just lifted the place, maybe. Um, hopefully, anyway, because it had something had to change because it was awful. So I know it's only one win, so we don't want to get beside ourselves. We could lose the next five now again. So yeah. Uh, it's just—it's amazing what a win does, though, isn't it? Because like it's all doom and gloom for like twenty odd games, and then you yeah, win a game, some... and you're like, right, it's all changed now. But you know, we'll have to wait and see. Because some of the things to talk about for a change, rather than the same stuff, like oh, yeah, exactly, yeah, rather than just like ah, oh, defense was poor again, change it, uh, yeah. Um, last player really to speak about from that game is Darlin going in a right back for two games, like which, as you mentioned, Soranola and Norton were available. Um, on the bench, I believe, or at least Norton was on the bench, uh, definitely in check. I think Sorinola was. Yeah, I think he was. He might have come on, didn't he? He came on in the 90th minute for an enchantment. But yeah, so Harry Darling going there. Interesting one. Who's that? Like the fourth or fifth option we've used our right back this season? Yeah. So we've had Congreve's done a shift. Oh, Ollie Cooper's done a shift there. Sorinola, Norton, Manning. Us is probably more than that. Then six or seven options we've used. Latvodia, of course. Um, but yeah, Finn, so Finn Stevens come on like one game. Right, Finn Stevens is eight. Um, Flex <laughs> probably did a runner wing back as well, did he? Oh yeah, he might have actually. <laughs> Was it left or right? That's question. Yeah, yeah, not sure. Crazy. Um, so, but now it's Harry Darling two shifts in a row, and he's done all right actually. Yeah, one opportunity where he was flying in with a header from the far post. It's a different option that Latti perhaps doesn't provide so much of for the height. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's done well. I think he. I think he's done right in those two games. I was really. I was a bit worried about that to be honest, because uh, yeah, I had question marks over him like defensively. So I thought, oh my god, he's going to get exposed out there on that wing. But um, maybe with the nature of the way that we play, we keep the ball a lot. Then less pressure, so perhaps he can. I think better. in terms of in terms of going like forward and passing and stuff, I think it suits him. Like you said, less pressure than if you make a mistake in the middle. You know, it's kind of game over, isn't it? If you make a big sort of error, you know, it, it can happen on a right back as well, but maybe not so much. Um, yeah, I think it's worked. I don't know long term if that's uh, if that's if that's viable, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, because I've called him up before for the runs he does going forward. He likes to think he's messy yeah. sometimes when he runs with the ball. Yeah. He's probably in a better position to do those runs on the right right back yeah. position than he is in centre back running forward. Because then when he does lose the ball, he's exposed in behind. Whereas if you lose the ball in right back, if you pushed up, like he want, we want him to push up with the way we play. So someone's probably covering, like Grimes is probably covering or something. So um. Yeah, and and perhaps less pressure because of the, where he is in the pitch that he can do those runs and be successful, play one twos perhaps, yeah. and if he gets a bit of more confidence up, then that's good for him. And this, hopefully, we can see the best of him going forward. Like I don't know if, it, like you said, if it is the best long term position for him, but good to see there's someone else that can do a job there, and maybe you could argue has he done the job just as well as Latabodia in the two games that he showed. Yeah, well, I, you know, my feelings on it. I think, like, I still never understood the the love of Latibodia. Uh I think, like, he works hard, but Russell Martin seems to want to play him in every game. And I think, like I said, I think the suspension just helped because he couldn't pick him and he's had to play Darling. Strange that he played Darling there, though, instead of Soranola. You think that would just be the natural... Because Soranola played well, didn't he? He had a couple of, he had a couple of good, yeah, he had a couple of good games, didn't he? Um, I think against like Blackpool was it when we won at home. Uh, 
I think he played well, and he's had a, he did, did have a stint there of a couple of good good games. So it seemed really strange that he didn't just slot him at right back. But uh, well, there we are. It's just worked. But I wonder if um, again, just more speculation. You know, like if he's had these meetings with the owners this week or or the week before that they've said like, look, Norton obviously is not going to be here next year in a way, and Sorinola's not getting renewed. He's on loan. Like don't. You know, so Martin's like, well, okay, right, let's um, just start picking players. We're going to be uh, next year minus Manning because we've got another option. But I don't know if that's an element of it. Yeah, interesting though. But it's, it's good to see that it worked out. Obviously, um, it will be interesting to see what he does next game now with Latvodia back and um, with Soranola as well and Darlin and his Cardiff as well. So it depends who he thinks. I feel like it's a different. I said, though, would you be confident playing Darlin in that type of game where it's like a massive game away from home? It's tricky. I don't know. I mean, it's okay if you're playing like, you know, we had Millwall away and then we had Bristol City at home. You think maybe you get away with it, but I think maybe like Cardiff away, you know, big game. I don't know too much about Cardiff's team right now, but he'd be up against Callum O'Dowder probably. Mm, Yeah. Don't know. I, I like I haven't watched them playing recently. Obviously, they're playing quite different um, under the new manager. Uh, there's a lot of different players there from even earlier in the season and last season yeah. when we played them. So, yeah, interesting. Obviously, we'll touch more on that in a second. Um, but finally, Cabango, not about his performance necessarily, but an incident that happened where maybe handball should have been a penalty to Bristol. What do we think? Is yeah, I think... I think it probably was a penalty, but uh, I haven't really given it a second thought, to be honest, because uh, sometimes it's a little bit of luck luck that you need, and we know our yeah. fair share of bad luck with penalties anyway, so I think it just... It, yeah, so I it probably was handball. I think I'd be gutted if we didn't get it, but, uh, you know, yeah, I'm not going to really give it a second thought, because we, we deserve it's that tricky. luck. Anyway. I, I can see why the ref hasn't given it, because he's very close, the ball... Like, you know, he tries to do a little skill or something, trip it over him or knock it past yeah. Bango. And the where where it does hit his hand, it does hit his hand, right? So by letter of the law, by technicality, you could say, yeah, he should have given the penalty because it was handball. But it was like Cabango's running motion and his arm was in the location where it would be if you run in. So yeah. I can understand from the distance, the time from kick to hit in the hand, why the ref's like not giving it because it's, Maybe a bit of common sense was used in that regard. By by technicality, yeah, it was handball. But maybe the way that it was implemented is better because like the penalty for that sort of thing is a bit frustrating. Even if yeah. it is technically I think it would have been I think it would have been like soft on it, would have been really frustrating, but uh yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Vandal's not gone away. Yeah. So I know what you're saying, though. But I think like he's got to give it, isn't he, with the law? I think we would have been absolutely. We'd be sat here like saying, "Oh my god, he's got to give that." If it was the other way around, we have been plenty of times, so we never get them. It seems. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I don't really. Didn't really like maybe that's maybe that twice, is them. No. if we don't get them all these times in the past that we should have. I can't remember the last time we had a handball penalty given to us. We don't get that many penalties at the best of times, but a handball one. Um, Maybe that is the way they 
our refereeing at the moment. So because it it would have been it's not intentional, is it? It was definitely not intentional. And maybe that's what they're looking for. More yeah, maybe that's the way. Excuse me. Maybe that's the way they ref it in the championship, and then without VAR, especially maybe that's just how they. Because um... I think like if that's in the Premier League, goes to VAR, they probably it give it, don't they? Yeah, because if you look it? at the still though, he's like that, isn't he? His arm is up. No, it's it's down there. It's down. It's a little bit up, isn't it? Though, because he's like. Oh, I... I don't think it was that. I think, I think if you have the still like shot, like if you have the still shot, I think he gives it because it's like his arm is a little bit out and yeah, it hits but, his hand. Yeah, but after he hits, after it hits the hand, the arm goes up. That's that's what happens. Yeah, but I, I yeah, I know. But I think if that if that goes to VAR in the Premier League game, it's been, I think it's been all day. I don't, I don't think they've been they've been alright lately with VAR. Like when it comes to unnatural position. I don't think your arms somewhere you is that and that like where do you want to put them? You know you're not running oh, like I this. That's more unnatural to me. If you're running because he's running across the box, your arms are out like to an extent. They're not out you, you know, like miles out. But I don't think where it hit him, his arm was necessarily in an unnatural position. Like I said, technically you could say by letter of the lowest handball. I'm not disputing that, and I'm not disputing this case individually. Just perhaps the way that they should approach this thing. That is handballs in the box going yeah. forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, the way they dealt with that, for or against us, just for f- football in general, I think is better because, like, if you've got a really tight game and that's the sort of thing that costs a team or gives the team a win, is that right? That sort of handball? Well, no, I, I think, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's always that argument, isn't it? It's like common sense versus like the letter of the law, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I get, I get why it's easy to give that example in any other part of the pitch as well. And maybe you should say it should be consistent, but then the repercussions of a penalty versus a free kick on the halfway line is a lot different to this. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on. Anyway, let's uh, before we finish, let's touch on the. I mean, we we'll probably do. Maybe we'll do a full match preview for Cardiff, but we'll touch on it slightly. So. I just want to mention the form, which, as much as we've just had a win, does not go in our favour favor at all. So, the last six games I've done, Cardiff have had two wins in six games um, with one draw. So, they've only lost three of them, I think. But they were winning on the weekend, as yeah. well, which isn't in this, it wasn't in my um, six-game form. They were winning one nil against Rotherham when the heavens decided to open. Um, our form is one win in six and one draw. So say significantly good. worse. I mean, it's one win less. That's that's not significantly worse, I guess. No, I know, but we're coming and then we're coming off the back of a of a good win as well. Before the international break, it's probably a good time for it to uh Yeah, for it I to guess happen. I lied, by the way. It's three wins for Cardiff. I don't know why I wrote two. That's why. So I'm lying. It is significantly better. Got that yeah. wrong. I, I I got it in front of me. I wrote it down wrong. Um, I thought I thought it was different. That's why I questioned myself. But yeah, so three wins for Cardiff, in which they've kept clean sheets in all three wins. Now we've kept clean sheets against Cardiff in the last three derby matches against them. I believe the goals was like four nil, three nil, then two nil. So if you're going to continue the trend, we're going to win one nil. <laughs> Touch wood. Um, but yeah, so they, they obviously they sorted their defence out. I guess that was the first objective of a new manager. And then 
and then they try and get some goals to go with it to win some matches. Yeah, and from what I've not winning all the time. They still got some losses mixed in there. But if you look at their results, they lost. Um, on the ones that got on screen, they got a three-one defeat to Middlesbrough. We know Middlesbrough are a good team. We lost three-one to them as well. Then they beat Birmingham two 0 beat Reading one 0 beat Nor. Sorry, I lied. They lost to Norwich two 0 So if you look at the, the way where they're winning and where they're losing, they then beat Bristol two 0 So we've done that. Um, lost to Preston two 0 and then obviously the Rotherham game. And sorry, they drew with West Brom one 0 Guess that's a good result for them. And then the Rotherham yeah, game, point. they were one 0 up. It seems like they're beating the teams around them, bottom half. And then not so much the teams that are pushing on at the top, which whatever, if you're avoiding relegation, it's kind of all you need to be doing. Um, but I guess we fall into the category of the teams that have been beaten recently. So Yeah, I it's a hard one to call now. Like you say with, with a derby it goes out the window, but uh form goes out the window. But I think, you know, I didn't actually contemplate how bad a position they were in. Like I think the win against Rotherham, which they probably would have had if it didn't get called off. Um, would have been would have been huge for them, but they're still only three points from the drop. Like it's, I know they've had that good form and it's still in twenty. And it's still only three points. It's not it's not a and good position to be had, in. We're going to have had a three point deduction. Yeah, now they've had their point deduction, but but three points from the drop. I mean, they're in fight mode now, aren't they? Like you've got like you've got to be they've got to be picking up points everywhere and anywhere they can get them. So. Um, you know, I think a derby and the fact that they need points desperately. Because you think, like, if we were in that position, three points from the drop, you'd be, we'd be panicking now, wouldn't we? But, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be a very hard game to get anything from. You think, like, they're going to be so motivated to win after we've won three games in a row. They need to win to avoid relegation. I think it's uh, it's going to be a bit of a an onslaught. But uh, yeah. let's see what we can do. Do you reckon on slot? I don't know if it'll be an onslaught. Oh, I they, think they'd be massively up for this game. They'd be massively up for it, but I don't think we're going to be like backs against the wall defending. Oh no, no, that's not what I mean. But I mean, like, we're going to come up against a, a much better Cardiff side than we've seen in the last three games that we yeah, won. I yeah, think. yeah, and much better. Yeah, I think that would be. The Can't case. see us winning like four 0 again. <laughs> I mean, they they, well. they played West Brom at home, didn't they? Through one all, and they had eleven shots to West Brom's eight. So. It's yeah. decent for them, uh, 44% possession. So you'd imagine it would be direct and maybe, I don't know if they're playing hoofball so much, but I think a lot more direct than what we play, which yeah. we probably already know that's how they played against us forever, really, at this point. It's going to be tough. Um, not sure what team I would go with. But like we've got eight games left, and you're saying about them being in fight mode. We are 10 points clear from Huddersfield. I go out on a whim and say that we're okay now because yeah. there is, there's five teams below us that aren't in relegation and obviously three that are. And I cannot see those eight teams all picking up enough points to go ahead of us. You, you, might, you might see... We could lose the rest of our games and slip down the order a few more positions, but I'd be so um, surprised to see... Well, I guess only six of them need to do it, but six teams that are below us get enough points to get over what we're on currently. And if we get one more win out of them in eight games, I would put money on the fact that we wouldn't go down with that. Yeah, I, of 49. Before, before the Bristol game, I thought 
was, I think it was getting a bit worrying to be honest, but uh, yeah, because I couldn't see where our wins were coming from. But I think I sort of said to myself, if we win, if we can just win two games, maybe three, we'll be there'll be no problem. So we've got one. I think if we win another game, we're probably safe. But I think another two wins is 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 game over. So and I don't see us. I you know it'll have to yeah. be something really bad. Well, you know. We'd have to win all of our games now, wouldn't we? Uh, We'd have to lose all of our games now, sorry. Yeah, we'd have uh, to lose all of our games, and several teams below us need to really significantly up their form. So if you look at the form of the team below us, I've only got the last five sample year, but Birmingham is only um, seven points in the last five matches, so out of 15 available, yeah? So ours for Recro is four. Birmingham's on seven, so one win more in the last five matches, yeah? Reading are on one point in the last five matches. QPR are on three points in the last five matches. Rotherham are also on seven. Um, Cardiff are also on seven, but they're all, you know lower down, so they've got bigger gaps to close. And then you've got the bottom three, which is Huddersfield, who are on five, Blackpool, who are on four, and Wigan, who are on three. So I just the maths just isn't adding up for enough of them to move ahead of us by the end of the season, based on their current form. Yeah, I think what 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 helps as well is I had a look at the fixtures. Um, and I guess it's, it might be a bit sad, but what I like to do is there's a, like a website you can like put in all your predictions and it shows you like what the table's going to be. And uh, I was sort of looking at that, like worst case scenario. But I think like so many teams play each other as well. Like Cardiff, obviously, I don't know what's going to happen with that game, but they got Rotherham. I think Cardiff and Blackpool play each other. Um, there was a few more as well. There's a few more where there was some big relegation six-pointer games. Like, we've got to play Huddersfield and Wigan um, and Cardiff. So there's three big games there yeah. uh, for us. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot where they all got to play each other. So I think you're right. I think like it's going to be it's going to be something absolutely tragic if we get dragged in from here now. Yeah, I mean, look, we don't want it to be the case, but I'm... 90% confident that we've done en- enough. And it shouldn't be that the two that we've done enough at all. Don't get me wrong. But um I know a lot of people have been worried about it. That Bristol win should put a little bit of calmness in. And hopefully with a bit of calmness we can end the season quite well. Obviously going and get a good result in this game would really significantly boost things, I think. Oh yeah. And if we can then take the form of because a mini derby against Bristol and then if we get a derby win against Cardiff, like that should be a good foundation to end the season on. Um, if we can do it, like I know it's going to be tough, don't get me wrong. Even a draw, like I wouldn't mind at this point going away up there. You can't yeah, I take a draw at all. And maybe a little bit of extra motivation. You should uh, tell the players, like, you could beat Cardiff in the next game. And based on Huddersfield's result, they could be in the bottom three. Yeah. Probably not, though, based on goal difference, but they'd be on the same points. But I yeah. mean, like obviously we're talking in assumptions now, but that could be something. There was something that one of the Cardiff players said the other day. Actually, I saw someone tweeting about it, saying they should put this up on the the wall in the uh, training ground. But I can't remember what he was saying. Oh, they said they they put the the manager was putting the league table up everywhere, wasn't he? What to say? Like close the gap? Like like you need to win games. They put in the league table. I was I read that and I thought that just not increased the pressure. Well. It's like, it's a I big know. game to have pre- like when we played them recently. There's a fly flying around. If you wonder why I'm hitting the air, <laughs> um, 
it's a big game to, with a lot of pressure, like a derby match like this, to be having when you're in the relegation fight. Yeah, I'm just I'm sorry, just looking at the fixture as well. Cardiff have got to play us, then Blackpool. So that's two massive games, and then they've got to play. Um... When's the rematch of Rotherham? Oh, I don't know when that'll be. Imagine um, that turns around and they lose that game from the position they were in. They'd be. That's quite bad, though, isn't it? You'd be gutted with that. That's really Did you see the? Obviously, I know when someone put it in the group saying like it's been called off because of the rain, and people were like, "Ah, oh, how can games get called off because of the rain in 2023?" But did you see the pitch? Yeah, it was awful. That's a relatively new stadium, though, as well. That's this, you know. Like the ball, I think the downpour was the ridiculous. And it just stopped. It just like didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I think the downpour was ridiculous, but I think the um, that drainage is awful, though. Like the yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like... The drainage should be better than that in the championship. And did you see like the videos of the, the groundsman, yeah, like the, the, the groundsman sweeping it off, like nothing, sweeping it off, yeah, sweeping it off, and then like sweeping it back on. Because <laughs> I don't think they were playing very well, were they, Rotherham? I think by all accounts they weren't having a good game. So. I don't know. Bit of gamesmanship, maybe. I don't think he was going to get rid of that on his own. It wouldn't go in anywhere, was it? Well, no, I where's know, it, like, Why is it like staying there? They should be draining. That's, that's so... New stadium. Yeah, it should be It should be getting drained, 100%. Rotherham gets called off quite a lot for weather, doesn't it? Like snow and yeah. ice and stuff. So yeah. it's poor, really, when you think about it. Yeah, but that that's that's going to be an absolutely massive game when that comes around again. Because you think I'm just looking, they've got to play us Blackpool, they've got to play Huddersfield as well at home. Return of Neil Warnock, and then apart from that, looking at some of their other fixtures, they've got like Sunderland, Sheffield United away, Watford away, and Burnley away last game of the season. So, you know, you know, I, I what I'm saying is I can't see you know Cardiff winning all them games, you know Huddersfield winning. Four or five games, you know. Just don't look who Huddersfield have got. Actually, obviously they've got us and Cardiff, um, Blackburn, Watford. They got Middlesbrough on the weekend on the net in the next game. Sunderland away. You know they've they've got winnable games. Mine, Red in a home. Yeah, they've got a well, nice little run in. Well, I said the games that they've been winning are those sort of teams. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked to see them stay up. I think they'll stay up to be honest. But um, I think Rotherham are in more. Danger, I do personally. I think they're sort of dropping like a stone. No, but but again, Rotherham have got better form than Huddersfield, Blackpool, and Wigan. So yeah, don't forget Blackpool. Wigan, I think gone now with that yeah, I think Wigan's point deduction. Yeah, which they're... which is they were in you know they were in twenty second, only two points off Cardiff without that, and now they've gone to the bottom um, all of a sudden. And what are they five points off? That just changes the picture completely. I know yeah. it's only two wins still, but. Oh, it's harsh, isn't it? But you know, should I know, I know. Then, should they? No, I know, but I, we say about like our, we say about like our owners, right? I yeah, think, but like, like they should have had it two seasons ago when Wickham went down. Yeah, yeah. Was it Wickham? No, it was Derby, wasn't it? I thought it was Wigan. They were arguing with. No, it was it was Derby because I remember they had to do like. Oh, okay. Two fixture lists. The fixtures came out, and they they were still under review because. Oh, maybe then. Sorry. They had to do like a fixture list if Wickham were in the championship and if Derby were in the championship. Oh, one of them was in League One. They had to do two. Oh, fair. Well, yeah, I know it's down to the owners. And then Wickham would have stayed up. But... They got the rules are there, and they've got to enforce them. Well, it's because it's they didn't pay been... players, wasn't it? Yeah, but you've got to be like, I don't want to repeat. 
So maybe go the facts wrong there, but you don't want a repeat of that where that penalty is applied after the season if it's this season's penalty to be applied. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? And then, like, yeah. for example, a team like Rotherham then goes down because of it and we're going to stay up. And that that change, that three points might change that now. So Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think, like, that's what we've also got to be careful with. I know, like, we, we say about our owners and whatever, not spending, but we're not going to be in that position. I think there's a lot of teams... Yeah, in the championship yeah, at the moment that are really struggling. I think like Cardiff reported like a massive loss, didn't they? And the Sheffield United, thought, did. Sheffield United are being looked at. Um, yeah, and Burnley got a transfer. Burnley embargo. a transfer embargo. But yeah, but you just went stoke. Like what's going on there? Yeah, but that's just such a stupid rule because they got a transfer embargo, but they're going to go up anyway, and they it's an EFL why punishment. Is it, so why is it not go. consistent? It should be consistent with the league system. If it's in the same country, if you're getting some sort of penalty or like embargo or something that applies, and then you get a promotion, even if it's run by a different organisation, they should be a consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I agree. But, the, but this is where the they've, done. they've obviously they've, they've accounted for it, haven't they, in January? And they're like, oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get a couple more. We'll spend a bit more money. If they do us an embargo, we're going up anyway. So it doesn't Yeah, matter. but you, you think like, I think Stoke did the same thing, didn't they? When they came down the same year as us, they spent. And I think they are in big trouble now, Stoke are, financially. Um, because of that. Because obviously they spent big on their parachute payment. Nothing's happened, yeah. Uh, Sheffield United, I think, are in a similar position because they've been down for like two seasons now, have they? That's probably it's why the they're like, McBurney's contract running out. Exactly. And then, so you think the cost of these teams, even though everyone's looking at them going, oh, yeah, they're spending, they're spending, oh, look, the, the, the owners are not backing us, all these teams are spending. If they don't go up, if you, if you can imagine Burnley didn't go up this year with the amount of money they spent and with a transfer embargo, they'd be straight down. Maybe fighting relegation next. Well, maybe not next year, but maybe like the year after. You look a Stoke now, a drop in like a stone there, like in that bottom sort of area, aren't they? Well, I think you've got to be thirteenth. Yeah, I know, but you've got to be. They've you've got to be really careful. Year, but they've kind of yeah. picked up recently. Um, I know you've got to be really careful of near. Like you know, I know like we want the owners to spend, but I would take yeah. like you know being a bit more solid financially than willy nilly spending. But we we spent like the ninth most amount in the championship anyway this year we spent two million there's not many clubs that can yeah, spend we've spoken about that haven't we like the it's not so much the back in issue was january isolated yeah january. yeah i know i, I know the spending yeah. this year just wasn't correctly yeah um planned yeah. and action like the darling fee the fisher fee last year whoever's making decisions to lump a lot of money on certain players who haven't then perhaps that the return of that investment has not been there, and then as a result, other areas of our squad have suffered and haven't been like properly addressed, like the right back situation and the left back situation. So, um, obviously, man is there now, but there's no cover for him, is there? There's no one that like we had a, a better, but again, another waste of money. So, the money's been spent sometimes, wasn't in January, so that's that isolated non backing issue in January. We should have been back to January, it was quite clear we needed to be, especially after the loan recalls. Um, but overall, they have put some money in this season, and I think they did yeah. when Russell Martin got hired as well. They, he brought in quite a few players last summer when he first I came to think, the club. Um, I think I did see somewhere else though, as well that uh, I, think I saw on Twitter there was like a table of like the net spend in. Uh, the championship in the last like three seasons, I think it was, and we were we were bot- bottom of the league. But obviously, it meant that we'd sold much more than what we brought in 
So like, but I think a lot of people don't realize how much all these clubs you mentioned that are losing all this money. It's not all lost from player sales. Like, I think it's expensive running a football club, and yeah. championship clubs don't bring in that much money until they sell a player. Yeah. So we we do have moaned about it. We moaned about the downs of money not all going back into the squad, but we'd be silly to like sit here and say that we understand exactly where all our money goes. We don't really. I haven't trolled. I've had a you know a brief nose sometimes of the many accounts are published, but I don't think any fan moaning about it on Twitter. Maybe some of them have, but like most of them wouldn't have looked at that with a full understanding of everything that's on the paper in front of them. That's the bottom line. So like we all have an opinion on it and we all talk about it and Yeah, that's right. But but it's the the money's obviously gone. They wouldn't be doing this stuff with the loan notes and that if, if they were taking all this money out of the club either, would they? Like it just wouldn't make sense. No, exactly. I think um yeah, I think we're. I think just something we're we're just not in a bad. I think we're just not in a bad financial position at the moment for a football club. Yeah. And there's a lot of clubs around us that are in real trouble. I think. Yeah. But uh, you know, so I'll I'll take that. At the we're moment. not clearing the owners of any wrongdoing, right? There's a difference between. No, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a difference yeah. between making the club financially stable, which I think we credited them for under the Steve Cooper era quite a lot that they have done that, and we said at the time maybe they haven't been that bad recently. There's a difference to that than it is to being a good owner and, ma- and managing the club from the owner's yeah, yeah. perspective in yeah, a good way. Absolutely. They've managed the finances perhaps in a good way, but maybe with that being the main goal, some of the football sides have suffered. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of, well, hopefully there's a, hopefully there's a, a change on the horizon anyway. Like we said, hopefully these things are going to change, but uh, no, we can only hope. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I think that's a good place to call it a day. Maybe we'll do a pre-match for Cardiff if we get time to squeeze that in. So a little bit more detail. Yep. Don't know what to say altogether. Perhaps team selections and that. Yeah, I think there's. Um, speaking of that, though, just quickly before we finish, I think there is still. Cardiff tickets available. I think it's general sale at some point this week. So I would try go, but I, I'm working. I know I we worked anyway, but on a Saturday. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was quite surprised at that. Could try book all. You've got to go up on the bus, probably. Have you? Oh, 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 don't even get me started. It's the worst day. Like, I mean, it's great when you win, but it's an absolute nightmare. Is it? How much is the bus on top of the ticket? It's well, they don't. They didn't even. Well, I haven't seen it, but they haven't released it, but it was like 43 quid I'd for argue, some ticket. Right. I'd argue that if the bus is enforced as a bubble, that should come free with the ticket. Well, they do now. They're clever. So they said it's £43 for ticket and bus because you can't buy separate. So Yeah, but it's not £43 pounds for a ticket for any other match of the year, is it? No, but I guess if it was like, I don't know, say it was 33 quid for the I ticket. Just, I just, for the bus. like, like free. You'd have to pay for somebody, for example, who might be a Swansea fan who might live near Cardiff, um, even within I don't know, maybe they're in walking distance or public transport bus distance or taxi distance. All of a sudden, they got to make their way to the stadium in Swansea to get a bus. And and I know that's frustrating from a logistics sense, but I just mean financially, like the option is taken away from you from an enforced situation. So if that situation is enforced, you shouldn't have to then also pay out for that enforced situation. Like if you want to bubble it, 
then you should subsidize the fans who then may well, have to pay more than what they would have. It might look a lot of people might have gone on the bus anyway and would pay for it. And a lot of people, it might be cheaper to get the, the fan bus than it would be to drive and park, perhaps depending on distance or um, get a train or whatever. But the younger the option, so I don't feel like you can charge when you haven't got the option. But it's the it's the police that enforce it, though, isn't it? Well, the Not police the club. pay for it then. Yeah, but they no, but they they enforce it as a bubble yeah, because they, they get all the overtime. Well, that's fine. And I think the club them. has to. I think the club has to. I don't know if it's true, but I wouldn't be surprised if the clubs have to subsidise the police um, support. Yeah, but who makes that decision? Like, if someone is for the police are making that decision, then they should be the one that foot the cost. Because yeah, I'm not sure. What, what, what if the club was like, well, I'm all right with it being not a bubble. I yeah. don't want to pay you. And it's a pain, it's a pain in the ass because you've got to go like three o'clock kickoff. So the bus is going to be like 11 o'clock. And then for the, it for takes the like 40 minutes to get to Cardiff. And then you've got to sit yeah. in those services and go one bus at a time. And you sat there for like two hours. If you're the last bus to go in, you're there just in time for kickoff. And then afterwards, it's sort of similar. It's just like one bus out at a time. And it's literally like the longest away day for the shortest trip. Yeah. And, you know, you'll have people who are football fans that'll be like, well, why is all this money being spent on a football match? But, but like, if the police are deciding that that needs to happen, then I just, why should the fans have to pay for that? I think it's I, still I mean, the only bubble. Sure it's only a few idiots that probably cause the the actions yeah. that result in a bubble match. You know? Why should yeah. the, like, um, why should Barry with his two sons have to pay extra to take them up to the biggest game? Ah, that's, 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 an, that's another issue, but I think, like, football's got so much worse now, I wouldn't be taking, like, if I had kids, I wouldn't no, be but taking... Then, yeah, that's another conversation then, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, yeah, sorry, I know what you're saying, but, uh, no, I, I, yeah, I agree. Like, why should they have to uh, pay the extra for it? But um, I think it's still the only bubble trip now in the UK, isn't it? Yeah, and that's probably the reason because of the cost. But, the, yeah. but, the, but like, what's going to cost the police more? Paying for the bubble and perhaps you reimbursing the the cost, putting the buses on for the fans. Yeah, the police footing that cost. Or if they're that concerned about the carnage and the drama, the results from a non-bubble match, how much is that going to cost them? So, you know, if they think they're saving money by putting the bubble on, which must be the reason they're doing it, because I know, I know you're saying, oh, it's not about money. It'll be about the fact there's no violence and stuff. It's like, yeah, but. Why? Why do the police want no violence? Ultimately, probably because they don't. You know, it's, it's it's more issues for them long term if they don't resolve it there and then. Yeah, um, and obviously you want to keep people safe. That's that's what their job is. But look at the way that the world is at the moment, and the the country is at the moment. Everything boils down to money and resources. So uh, they made the decision that this is worth the resources. So I just think they should subsidise the fans. Yeah. I see what you're saying, but, uh, and personally, I, I will say, like having gone a few times away to Cardiff, I think I, I, w- I wouldn't feel that safe if it wasn't a bubble trip. And that's fair, and, I, and that's obviously why it, why it is is there. Yeah. But again, like forty, what was it, forty, forty-two 40. pound, forty-three pound for the closest game in the season for closest yeah. away match. Yeah, just seems a bit. Well, maybe maybe that's why. Um, Maybe that's why it's not sold out yet. I'm sure by the time this goes out, they probably would have sold all the tickets. But yeah, I'm but quite surprised they made it to the third window of sale. Well, I don't think they did last year. Um, but maybe there could be a combination of that. The, the cost, um, the fact that it's like an absolute all-dayer. Um, 
Or, or maybe, maybe then, if the police don't foot the bill, maybe the home and the away club, because obviously the other the other one is going to be bubble as well. Go half each. So, like, I don't know, Swans pay for the buses for their fans, and Cardiff pay for the buses for their fans on on the other journey or whatever. And if it's a cup game, you split it. Like, I just. Yeah, I know, but you got you got to pay to go to the game anyway. If it's not a bubble trip, you've yeah, got to know, drive, or you or you get the bus I anyway. I know, but like, how much if we car share and went up, it'd be like a lot cheaper. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Everyone's paying fifteen quid yeah. for a bus each. Do you know I, mean? I know what you're saying. They got a bit of a monopoly then, haven't they? Because you've got you have yeah, no choice. It's a, it's a question that I haven't been really. I've never seen it spoken about. Obviously, didn't know all the details. They just mentioned it, but I just think that's a point worth sort of having a look at, really, because I don't think people will continue to do it, continue to force that charge until it's questioned. Like, similar, in a similar way to the way that we all pay over the odds for football in the UK to watch on TV, right? And oh. a completely different topic, but oh, you're right. in terms of for enforced cost on fans, anyone that can will just take advantage, and it's just another example of that, I think, personally. But that yeah. conversation is getting brought up quite a lot, I think, online, I've seen recently, so... Hopefully or the TV. With that. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, maybe we can talk about it when we do the Cardiff preview, but I was going to sort of touch on, like, it's not on TV again, the away game. So, uh, yeah, I think it is coming up a lot now, and I think it has definitely got to change, and people are more vocal about it now. So it's quite good. I what I saw, but obviously it's worse for championship teams, but something like yeah, it is, 100%. a month to have Sky, to have BT, Amazon, and who else shows football? Uh... I guess you need a TV license to watch FA Cup games, in theory, or all of them, yeah. really, actually, because it's all live. So you need the TV license, and you need Sky, BT, and Amazon, yeah. Um, have zone had any? Uh, I don't, not like, they don't have premiership games, they have... Um, okay. Anyway, so whatever, 80 quid a month, and then you go to America, and it's like 40 $50 or something ridiculous, and you can watch all of the games, everything, whereas here, you get 10 out of Sorry, like five, not all the Premier League games. How many Prem games are there a week? Ten? I think you've yeah, got like ten a week. And I think like, well, yeah, seven. there's probably, yeah, it's probably about five, isn't it? Because it's usually like one one Saturday early, one yeah. Saturday late, and then three, maybe two on Sunday and one on Monday night. So and that's if they, if they pick them all up. So Yeah, and then they'll have a championship game or two probably, isn't it? So like they'll have five Prem and then some of the other ones. So like, and there's more, there's 12 games in the championship on a, on a, match match week so if you're a championship club it's even worse you're paying the same amount of money uh, but I think even less airtime i think and, it's ridiculous and and then you go to like the, the people who were the, 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 doing the comparisons in like america who pay less and get all of the games to choose from yeah but you can understand why people use like yeah, streaming services now and i know it's like from, yeah and i think i think that's you're right i think what's happening is that i think streaming services like you know, illegal services have become so much better and, and more and more people they climb it down on it because more and more people are buying that because it's cheaper and we're in like, you know, yeah. a cost of living crisis. Why would you spend 80 quid for Sky? It's ridiculous because think of us as Swans fans now. You've got like I, I pay like £400 for my season ticket, right? So that's I'm assuming then I go to every home game, some I miss for whatever reason, but assuming I go to every home game, right? All of our games this year, I can't think of a game. Uh, I can't think of a game that we've played away that's been picked up on Sky. I think it's only been home games. We had Rotherham on Sky Monday night a couple of weeks back. 
uh, the Cardiff home game was on Sky. Um, I, I can't think, apart from maybe the red button games, obviously, which are all so crap because they only show like one camera angle, no replays, can't tell if a sub is coming on. Uh, the commentary is usually like for another game or it's out of sync. Um, so if you're paying like 400 quid for your season ticket and say 80 quid a month for um, Sky, so you're looking at north of like 900 quid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, 900 quid if for you're Sky. Sky 12 months that's a year, I mean. that's like 800, what was that, nine? Yeah, that's like 900 yeah, Sky, quid. Yeah. Yeah, 900 quid for Sky plus your season ticket. So, again, about 1300 1400 pounds. And then, luckily, oh, I've had to pay 43 quid to go and watch the Cardiff game. Yeah, but if, I, if I couldn't get all the away games we've been to this year, we've been to a handful, five or six, whatever we've done. But then, so if you add all that in, you're probably looking at 1600 1700 quid you pay to watch your team. But then on the off chance, then, uh, say I couldn't get a Cardiff ticket because... Maybe they sold out in the first window or whatever. Then I cannot legally watch that game. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I paid seventeen hundred quid. Happening. And like I know the arguments always the same argument. People won't go to games anymore. I just think that's just not the case. I think that's it's not that's the case because so many people are streaming services now anyway, and yeah. people still go to games. That's a poor argument that has just been there all the time because no one questioned it, and they can't just it can't get away with that anymore. That's not it's not the reason. Like money's the reason, isn't it? Of course, it is. Yeah, money, money's having the monopoly, having people still paying for this this stuff is the reason. But they can do that still and offer more. I don't understand why they can't. Like, like I've suggested before, like a follow your team package where you just get access to that team's games for however much a month. Like, if everyone done that for their own team, and then if they want the other games that are on TV on the the general channels, you know. We, have a similar system to what's there now, but I don't need all that for me. I'm not paying for all of that already. But if you say to me, "Here's a monthly fee to watch all the Swans games," then you might get me. I'm not paying. Oh, I I would I would pay that if someone said like you know, I don't know, say it was thirty quid a month, and you could watch all the Swans games home and away. Um, I would pay it, and I would still have my season ticket, and it just meant that like yeah. The away games that I can't go to, or like some of the home games that I do miss for some reasons, then I can watch them easily. And I don't see, like you said, you can watch them in other countries, but we are the ones that are here, like paying, you know, near enough two grand a year, and then you don't get, you don't get to watch it. I think it's ridiculous. But I think, I think this, I think you're right though. I think it's coming, like it's coming now because I think like people are getting more, people are getting more annoyed about it. it. We saw that they were doing it in COVID and then they took it away. Um, but the only reason that it's even getting questioned now is because the authorities or Sky, whoever it is, are trying to clamp down and go after all these fire sticks. So they're doing like random spot checks of people's houses, like knocking on doors if um, if they reckon they got a fire stick and stuff. So, and, and then people are kicking off saying, okay, well, I wouldn't have one if you give me an actual legit option to watch the football. I don't have one. So what's my, what's my, substitute because my team's game is not on tv you're not providing a, a way for me to even do that to watch that and then you're kicking off that i got this stick so i can actually do that like provide me an option then exactly yeah i aware this case got to come in soon but it's like even the bristol city game was on sunday at half 12 it's not on tv you can't watch it 
Yeah, why is it on Arbus 12 on a Sunday then? Just... Well, they move it to Arbus 12 on a Sunday for the police, don't they? Again, for that. And then it's, it's not even on TV. But they moved Bristol, which was it? I think I think it's the, the Cardiff game has annoyed me the last two years. I mean, luckily I've gone, but I know, like for example, like my my dad is not going to go to Cardiff away. He's in his sixties. He doesn't want to go and sit in that away end, understandably so. But he goes to every home game. Um, he likes to watch the game. He wants to watch that Cardiff game. He cannot watch it. Yeah, it's just a joke. It's, um, like, it's just ridiculous. Like I don't know what. Like got all these lower club teams struggling for finances why don't you allow them to have the option to sell and do their own broadcasts yeah generate yeah, money because they're not going to pay they're not going to like pay for sky anyway well like they, they might pay for sky because yeah like um, but i mean what i mean is they're not showing their games anyway so no, we're lucky the championship games are even on the red button and i know it's really poor but at least we have that League One games, I don't think are on the red button, or um, no, or League Two. As far as I'm aware, I don't think they they get. I don't know if you can use the iFollow. I don't know if that's legal. I don't and know. A lot of clubs might not be able to afford to set up themselves, but that's where a third party can come in and do it for them, you know, and share some of the revenue. Like that could be a good way of trying to put some more money directly into the lower league teams. Yeah, yeah, it's a good know, idea. Sky don't care about lower league anyway, so I'm not saying do it for the Premier League teams. But that's when you move over to Sky and they should provide an option to show all of the games because they all like they're all recorded, they're all like commented on and you know, all over the world. So it's there, just know, not cameras there, like... to watch it. But when it comes to the lower leagues, allow a yeah. system where the money can go directly from fans into the club. So they're not if they don't go and watch the games, they're still benefiting with resources. Yeah, I know. I'm saying they're not going to show the games anyway on Sky. So what, Matt? What difference does it make if, you know, say they charged you know a tenner for a fan to watch it online, um, and it goes into the club? Then what? What does that matter? And they're not going to show the game on Sky anyway, so they're not taking business off them. Yeah, um, exactly. that money's just going straight into the club. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. And then how many times we've got to, you know, like I said, I went through all the money. You've got to pay to watch it, and then you think, right, what's on tonight? Uh, it's Liverpool and Wolves for the fifth time this season. It's just like uh, I don't want to watch it. I've got to that point now. I think like when you're a bit younger, you want to watch. You kind of watch every game you can possible, don't you? But like now, when you have like you're a bit older, different priorities and whatever. I look at the fixtures and I think, oh, it's Liverpool and Wolves on TV again. It's like I don't want to watch it. Yeah, just can't be bothered but, anymore. I'd rather just go out and have a meal or something. So I've seen something changes soon. But, I've seen this yeah. game hundred times. So yeah, there we go. Yeah, but anyway, we kind of extended on about stuff there, but that's fine. We'll up <laughs> yeah, put it to some good use on YouTube. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll end it there. It's been a long one, so hopefully people are still here listening now because I think some good, interesting conversations at the end. I'm sure we pick them back up at some point because yeah, the conversation does does reappear now and again. Um, but yeah. So cheers for joining me again, Lee. As always, everyone, if you're still here, thank you for your support. Let us know in the comments if you agree with stuff that we were saying or tell us your opinion otherwise. And don't forget to click the big red subscribe button to help us grow as a channel. Had a little bit of a good momentum recently, so it would be good to keep that going. I think there's like 60% of people who watch the videos generally aren't subscribed. So please do us a favor. If there's one thing you could do today, we would really appreciate it if you can subscribe. 
and on that note we shall see you next time before or maybe after cardiff game whenever we get a chance so have a good one see you soon sports social podcast network the Talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.